0: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So, a corpse of an old sunspot exploded on Monday. This past Monday, the 11th of April, 2022. Unleashing plasma towards Earth. The unexpected eruption of the dead sunspot called AR-2987. (laughs) Phew. What a great name that is Released loads of energy In the form of radiation Which resulted in a Coronal mass ejection This according to Spaceweather.com Sunspots are dark areas On the solar surface which contain Strong magnetic fields That are constantly shifting Shifting The CME is expected to reach Earth Today That is the 14th of April 2022, the impact of the CME could trigger a G2 class or moderate geomagnetic storm. Oh, now a G1 class or minor geomagnetic storm is likely to impact Earth tomorrow, which is the 15th of April, 2022. This all according to spaceweather.com. Now I will say that if this happened and we the geomagnetic storm you know bombards the earth you may not be hearing this so if you're hearing this I'm guessing we survived and I'm happy I'm happy about that survival what is a coronal mass ejection? I mean if I have to tell you that welcome welcome to chewing the fat <laughs> Free email services like Gmail and Yahoo aren't really free. You pay with your privacy. In fact, internet giants, like big tech, bank on exploiting your data by selling it to the highest bidder. Your business plan? Google has it. Your medical records? Yahoo can sell them to drug companies. In fact, we've talked about it before. The war between Facebook and Apple, a lot of that has to do with how much information they can keep and sell and, and, and so on. So uh, that's why I began to use Start Mail. Kind of makes me feel safe again. Startmail keeps my email private. Every email can be encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use encryption. When you delete an email, and here's a remarkable idea, when you delete an email in Startmail, uh, it's gone. It's actually deleted. And Startmail uses their own servers, not Amazon, which means they can't be put out of business. Eh, you remember the old parlor fight? Uh, switching to Startmail is seamless too. You can easily transfer all your current email data, so there's no really starting from scratch. Startmail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. The feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company but wanted to protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email so people can't sell your information. And they can be deleted at any time. The cybersecurity has never been more at risk. You know that we talk about it all the time. Uh, email snoops and scammers are taking advantage of the pandemic <laughs> more than ever, as uh, phishing has skyrocketed in the last year. Uh, we talk, we I share those with you all the time on this show. Take control of your privacy with Start Mail before it's too late. Start securing your email privacy with Start Mail. Sign up today. You're gonna to get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash Jeffy. Start Mail. It's with a T. S-T-A-R-T mail.com slash Jeffy. 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash Jeffy. Okay, so times are getting tough. Everybody needs some extra money, right? No question about it. This lady has come up with a good deal, and I wish I would have thought of it. It's not a scam. It's just a great idea. Expected parents are paying upwards of $1,500 to a professional baby namer. (laughs) She picks the perfect moniker for your child. Taylor Humphrey helped name more than 100 babies in 2020. Raking in more than 150 grand, uh, people are paying this lady cash for naming their kids. I'm here for you, I'm here for you. Okay, I can do that. Email me chewing the fat at theblaze.com. Some panic parents are even turning over an eye-popping ten grand so that Humphrey can help them settle on an impeccable name for their offspring. So you're going to get a better name by paying more. Okay, all right, good, no problem. Hey, if you look at the most popular baby names, it's such a telltale sign of our culture values and our aspirations, I know. Uh, so what do you, what, are, what are your kids' names? Well, I don't have any kids myself. I'm a passionate writer and storyteller who is adept at branding, marketing, and social media. Oh, good, so uh, a little at Billy uh, is good to go. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, depending on how much you pay, uh, you might just get a phone call. Uh, you never know. Uh, you could get a you know a, a genealogical investigation with the aim of unearthing some old family names, and you can't do that yourself. Don't do that. Have her do it. Heaven forbid you do that yourself. I mean, you don't have the time. Who has the time to think about? What should I name my kid? Right? I know. So I get it. That's why she started What's in a Baby Name back in 2015. And apparently she's, you know, raking in the cash. Now she does offer some free advice for those of you that are, you know, unwilling to pay her separately to come up with a name for your kid. Um, She does offer free tips On TikTok, people said to her, hey, we're having our baby, and uh, we want, you know, what do you think? And so she might answer you on TikTok. You might get her services for free, like this couple did. Congratulations on your third little boy who's on the way. Um, Here are my top suggestions for a little brother to Emmett and Miller. I would say Emmett, Miller, and Grady, Wilson, Waylon, Fletcher... Langston or Harvey. I could not. In the have world come up of baby those. naming, we typically find that names become popular again after about a hundred years. Uh, yeah. And sure enough, in 1922, um, both Emmett and Miller were used. The names that I've suggested here, I'm kind of trying to evoke a ritzy, Art Deco, right. um, 1920s revival. You can absolutely choose something that is more popular or more modern. Oh, These so we can, my Oh, that's on. so nice. And she goes on. I mean, what's good is that she can, she giving you advice and then, you know, you can blow her off and say, Ooh, no Taylor. No, we don't like that. Now that's obviously the free advice from TikTok. I don't know what happens if you pay her a bunch of cash and she comes up with the name and you're like, Ooh, no, I am not going to name my kid that. Do you, you know, she just keeps the money. <laughs> That's a good gig. That's a good gig. Baby namers. Uh, so, I mean, if you're looking for extra work, maybe uh, maybe you do that. Get somebody to pay you some money to come up with some names. And then if they don't like it, tough! Go name them yourself. And it says in the story, you know, look, sometimes if you see a name like Brave on my list and you think, whew, I'm not going to name my kid Brave. But... You might be worth, uh, you know, putting on a maybe list, and maybe even as a thought for a middle name. Yeah, if you've spent ten grand on what's in a baby name, and she's given you a list, and maybe she's uh, you've given her a little extra, she's given you a little genealogical investigation, and she comes back with, "You should name your kid Brave," and you say, "I don't want to name my kid Brave," but maybe it's you know you've already spent ten grand. Okay, so. You know, it's Billy Brave. <laughs> Lance Brave from now on, okay? Uh, but I mean, you have to go with one of the names she picks. You spend all that money. Otherwise, you're just out the box. Still, 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 still. A good gig for her. And you, if you could do it. Okay, let's walk over to the break room. And while we're walking over to the break room, yesterday when we were uh, giving a little eulogy for Gilbert Gottfried... And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Gilbert. I was talking about how he was, uh, you know, doing cameos and, uh, you know, people, he was recording stuff for people from cameo. And I was thinking that I should take his place and, you know, I'll be the guy that will call people, you know, bad names and tell them that they should uh, go places that other people won't tell them to go. Or I'll tell them how much you love them. You know, that kind of stuff. So uh, I reached out to Cameo. Looks like uh, I'm going to get that up and running soon. And uh, so, you know, the old Chewing the Fat Jeff Fisher Jeffy will have a Cameo channel here in the near future. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, having a little fun with that. But I'll give you more information as the time goes. I just want you to know I actually followed through on something as I was, uh, you know, as I was walking out of the studio yesterday. I thought, oh, you know, I should probably reach out and to Cameo like I said I was going to do. And I did. Alright, let's go to the break room. We're here. I need something cool to drink. Desperately. Oh. Mm. <sighs> so good. <laughs> so, you know, I talked about starting a show inside the metaverse. Uh, <laughs> and then I see a story that talks about uh, Mega, Meta's cut not mega meta's cut of sales of digital goods on the VR platform horizon worlds will be as high as 47.5%. So they're going to take almost half of whatever sales you make inside the platform of horizon worlds. TikTok takes more than that. So, I mean, they're all getting their big cut and, uh, still, I'm still kind of, uh, you know, perusing the idea of trying to set up, a a radio show on Main Street somewhere in the metaverse. We'll see if that actually ever, you know, takes place. (laughs) And our man Elon, I mean, he's being sued and he's looking to take over. I'm not sure what's up, what's going to happen. So he's being sued because he didn't uh, announce When he bought the Twitter stock in time. He's supposed to do it within 10 days. And apparently he did it. uh, It appears like he announced it after the 10-day period. So he's being sued for that. He was supposed to file the disclosure by March 24th, uh, 10 days after he reached the ownership threshold, but uh, he did not do that. He announced it on April 4th, which, you know, puts him. And they're going to try to sue him for that. And they're saying that, uh, you know, he made uh, way too much money by postponing uh, the time when he announced it. In which, you know, he was, I guess he bought additional shares. And so he'll just pay that off, I'm sure. But I see today, and if we haven't been hit by the, you know, the storm from the from the son's corpse that exploded. Uh, Elon wants to now buy Twitter. All right. So he bought all those shares. And then they said, hey, why don't you sit on the board? And he was like, hey, you know what? Okay, I'll sit on the board. And then he thought, you know what? No, I don't want to sit on the board because you're going to make me have to say nice things about the company. And, you know, I want to be able to buy some more stock. So I'm not going to sit on the board. Well, we find out that he put together a deal now where he wants to just buy t- Twitter. Uh, the private deal valued at $43 billion. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wow, he said that uh he's the person who can unlock the extraordinary potential of a communication platform used daily by more than two hundred million people. He said he'll pay fifty four twenty a share in cash thirty eight percent above the price, okay, so we'll see what happens. They said that they were the board was going to meet today uh if so, if we haven't been hit by the, the the storm from the sun, and you're still listening to this, we may have an actual answer by the end of today, the 14th of April, 2022, if Elon is going to take over Twitter. So we'll see. I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, the grass isn't always greener, But it is possible that it could be a really good thing for Twitter. Wouldn't surprise me, though, if Elon takes over Twitter, if he buys it, then they'll revisit the, they'll being the government, uh, will revisit the Section 230 that protects social media platforms from being liable if one of their users posts something illegal or controversial so they can't be sued. I guarantee that that will happen. Uh, That is uh, a chewing the fat fact. Well, not really, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. And my Amazon drone delivery service has been pushed back after one of their drones caused a little brush fire. Sorry, didn't mean to crash and start a fire. <laughs> so, they want to get that, uh, you know, Amazon Prime delivery service uh, up and running with the drones so it could be delivered at my home like within 30 minutes. Yes. That'd be great. I want it dropped off in my drone delivery drop off box on my roof. Be awesome. want that to happen. So, I guess uh, five delivery drones uh, crashed at Amazon's test site in Oregon, and uh, one causing the fire. So, apparently, the specific drone malfunctioned in mid air, leading to the motor shutting off. It then turned upside down and plummeted. 160 feet to the ground, which sparked a fire that had to be put out by the local fire department. I mean, is it was it a huge wildfire? No, but it did turn into a you know a brush fire. Nobody wants drones crashing in their neighborhoods. I get it. So I guess uh, you know they, according to insiders, they're taking unnecessary risks to get the program up and running. Oh. Okay. I mean, they set a goal of conducting 12,000 tests this year, and by the end of February, they had completed a couple hundred. I've got to pick up the pace a little bit. And they have two testing locations, uh, one in College Station, Texas, and one out in uh, Lockford, California, plus on their testing grounds there in Oregon. Alphabet, you know, Google's main company, uh, the Google Wing Kicked off its own drone testing program. Walmart and UPS are developing their own drone delivery systems. So, and we're having drone deliveries in DFW. There's one area that is already delivering some stuff by drones with their in the, within a test period. So, it's going to be running soon, and we'd we'll be able to order something and then have it dropped off at the house. Uh, let's go. Although I don't want brush fires in my neighborhood caused by the drones. But I do want the products. And I mean, who's going to fly them? Who's going to be the pilots? Who's going to deliver them? You, got, you have to be able to, you know, load them and set them. And It's good. It's a big deal. There's no question it's a big deal. If you need help, Jeff, you know, call me. I'm here for you. All right, you know what? You can just, just DM me uh, at JeffyJFR on Twitter or uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram, just DM me and let me know, and I'm here for you, no problem. I'll help you out. Let's get this thing rolling. Speaking of getting things rolling, I see where uh, J-Lo and Ben are out house hunting since they pulled the plug on the $50 million deal they had on the house. And uh, Ben might be looking to take that engagement ring back to get some, uh, get some cash, because he was coming in under budget. We talked about that, how he spent, uh, you know, the 10 million on the engagement ring, but he saved, you know, 15 or so on the house in Bel Air at coming in at 50 million. Well, you know, that fell through and it's being reported that they're looking at the spelling manner. (laughs) Now, I know that that's up for about 165 million, maybe you can you know talk them down a little bit, but that's coming in over budget on the fifty million. There's no doubt about that. They were out looking at it. I mean, it's a beautiful place. You talk about houses of the Hoity Toity, man. It sits on four point six acres. It's got a uh, hundred garage spaces, a bowling alley, a plush movie theater, a tennis court, a pool, a hair salon. I mean, it's got a whole lot more than that. It is an amazing structure. I mean, Aaron Spelling. 14-bedroom property. It's referred to now as The Manor. Okay. I mean, it is an awesome place if you've ever seen it. It is unbelievable. 27 full bathrooms. Made. I mean, the guy talked about the bowling alley, uh, the pool and jacuzzi, of course, with combo. Hello. Duh. And uh, it was built over several years by Aaron Spelling. And i'm telling you man if they buy that place there's plenty of room for the whole family at uh the manor no question about it it'd be awesome if uh if they can come in under budget uh it'd be great for j-lo and ben to move into the manor and they went out house hunting i saw you see the picture oh my gosh i mean ben get a driver what are you doing bro they were out, I guess, house hunting, but they pulled into a Starbucks to get some coffee and of course the paparazzi is all around him. But Ben screwed up on the turn in the in the drive thru and hits the one sign that Starbucks has got up part of the drive thru, not one that's you know into the ground but it was just one of those standing those freestanding signs they have out by the drive-thru and he nails it with the corner of his car he makes a bad turn so he rolls down his window he and j-lo are trying to order coffee and the paparazzi help him get the sign that was stuck in the wheel well on the tire away <laughs> and he has the window he pulls the window down to thank him i guess or say something to him like you know don't touch the car and uh, then, as he's rolling up his window again, you see him stick a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, him and J Lo just smoking cigarettes, driving around L.A. Now he's closing up the window, the the driver's side window, to block you know the photos, and he opened up the the moonroof up top. And you know, you, can, I mean, you can't have the enclosed vehicle with that cigarette smoke. <laughs> you might need to cut back on the smokes, Ben. If you're looking to buy the manor for... uh, Maybe you could offer them, I don't know what, 125 mil cash and uh, move in tomorrow. You know, if it passes inspection. But uh, you might have to give up the smokes, man. You might have to do that. So, my man... Al Pacino. You know him, you love him. Remember, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, not long, not very long ago, during the pandemic, the, uh, he had his girlfriend that was, uh, I think, 40 then, and he's 81 now. So there was a 40-year age difference between them. And uh, she broke up with him. Remember, she said, it's hard to be with a man so old. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I got hurt. That's like a kick in the groin to Al, man. And she said, I had a fight with them. We broke up. I really love him, of course. But, and I was happy to be part of his legacy. But, and I'm happy. I'm happy that the relationship happened between us. And I want to remain friends. But all he did was buy me flowers. Uh, You know, I guess that's, uh, he didn't want to spend any money. (laughs) You're not going to spend any money on me, Al. I'm out. Okay? Take care. And so Al, uh, devastated with the news, hasn't been out and about in a year or so. Well, he was just seen out uh, with his new girlfriend, 53 years younger. <laughs> She's 28. Nur al 28, is now uh, Al's girlfriend. She comes from a wealthy Kuwaiti-American family. And they were out at some party for some celebration of a painter that's doing his exhibition. And so now this girl, she is looking for somebody to die is what's happening. She's now with Al Pacino. I don't know if she gets a cut from Al, but she dated Jagger before. Uh, She dated uh, another billionaire philanthropist guy, uh, Nicholas Bergeron. Uh, And and she said that her old family friend, when she was uh, seen out with Clint Eastwood, they weren't dating. They were just friends. So, you know, she's... Living large with Al Pacino. You know him, you love him. 81. Yeah, he was devastated. Devastated that uh, the girl left him and saying that 40 years was too much of a difference. Yeah, okay. Well, let's see what 53 years age difference makes. (laughs) These guys, man. I love them. You can't put an age on love. You just can't put an age on love. Cuba Gooding Jr., you know him, you love him. Cuba Gooding Jr. He pleads guilty to forcible touching. Now, remember we talked about this. He got into trouble with uh, when he was at a nightclub in New York. And so the trial's been delayed for a couple years now because of the pandemic. And apparently a 29-year-old woman told police that Gooding squeezed her breast without her consent at the Magic Hour Rooftop Bar and Lounge near Times Square. And after the incident, two more women came forward with accusations of inappropriate touching. One woman, who was a server, alleged that Gooding pinched her buttocks at the nightclub in 2018. The horror! Another woman claimed that Gooding forcibly touched her inappropriately at at another New York nightclub. I don't know how these women are getting by. I mean, the guy touched her breast and, and I got it. Don't look at me like that. No means no. Me too. Don't touch other people unless they tell you it's okay. I got it. So he pled guilty and it's good to go. All right. So he's fine. All right. He previously pled not guilty to six other misdemeanor charges and had denied all other accusations. And the allegations were trying to, you know, their his lawyers were saying, it's misunderstood gestures. They're trying to, they're misunderstanding gestures and they're turning them into crime, right? Hey, come here a second. Let me feel your breast. It's a misunderstood gesture instead of a crime. <laughs> I i like the I mean, that's a, that's good attorney and right there, you can quote me on that. That's good attorney and right there, your honor. It's just commonplace. It's misunderstood gestures that are trying to be turned into crimes. That is awesome. So, anyway. He uh, he pled guilty. And now, as part of the plea deal, each survivor gets to provide a victim impact statement. Oh, yeah. When he touched my breast, I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> All right. All right. So... Uh, He pled guilty and uh, three different women has has accused him in total. And he avoids jail time. He's got to continue his alcohol and behavior counseling, which he began in 2019, for six more months without any arrests. If he complies with that, then the conviction will be reduced to a violation, which is not a crime. So he pled guilty to one count of forcible touching. In a criminal case. Okay. So I guess we could still see some other lawsuits against this? Some civil cases? I mean, it sounds like he was uh, not a really good guy. <laughs> you know, I laugh about <laughs> I'm making a joke about misunderstood gestures, but back in 2013, he was accused of raping a woman. That's more than you know, forcible touching. And he's denied all the allegations and they are just accusations. So, I get it. Uh, they, you know, everybody, you have your chance in court. So, he did plead guilty to that, to forcible touching. And, uh, look, they're just misunderstood gestures. Who among us? And as long as we're talking about uh, Hollywood possible dirt dirtbags. Uh, Joseph Gat was in. Uh, it's it's actually Joseph Gat. I guess I was thinking of Game of Thrones because he was in Gott of Game of Thrones. Joseph Gat, G A T T, uh, arrested uh, for allegedly engaging in online sexually explicit communication with a minor across state lines. So he was arrested. He's fifty years old now. He was arrested and he was released on five thousand dollar bail and it's an ongoing investigation and so we'll see I mean he's been doing a lot of work I mean he was in three or four episodes of Game of Thrones and then he was in the Banshee you know might know him from Banshee TV series he's been in you know a couple he's been was in like Ray Donovan and True Detective for an episode which was you know that's just getting work man getting out of those two big shows and then uh, now he's got a shows in post-production He's got three shows, but Titanic 666, Black Adam, Liberty. He's got another one that they just announced that's in pre-production. Liberty's in pre-production as well. Uh, he's been doing some voice work for video games on Star Wars. He got in the door there. I mean, he's been working. So uh, he's a little bit, uh, he could be in trouble. But, again, he denied the accusations. He said, I obviously want to address the absolutely horrifying and complete untrue allegations recently leveled against me. He continued, they are 100% categorically wrong and reckless. I have confirmed errors and misleading information in today's press release, which I don't have in front of me, but man, I wish I did. I'm sure it says exactly what this says I am fully cooperating with police and LAPD to get to the bottom of this I look forward to clearing my good name thank you to all my friends and supporters who know that this is untrue and understand for legal reasons I cannot comment further on social media so okay it's just an accusation you're absolutely not guilty until proven guilty in a court of law So, I mean, if you have been engaging in sexually explicit communication, online sexually explicit communication, I mean, hopefully you did know that. It doesn't matter anymore whether you knew or not it was a minor. You shouldn't have been doing it, my friend. But he claims he's innocent. So, good luck. God bless. Another criminal case I want to, I'm going to be interested to see the outcome of this. So a Florida woman, a Lake County woman has been arrested by the sheriff's office saying that she put the child she was caring for in harm's way. All right. She was babysitting and she put the boy in the dryer and spun him around inside. (laughs) Is that a crime? I mean, I think if I was, uh, you know, a kid and uh, I'm a four-year-old kid and uh, I could say I want to put me in the dryer and spin around and the babysitter does it. Okay. I don't know. So she's facing an aggravated child abuse charge. Amber Chapman, 35 of Eustis, She's old enough to know better actually. Uh, according to the arrest affidavit, the four-year-old child was brought to uh, the hospital and the boy repeatedly stated that Miss Amber put him in the dryer with towels and he spun around. Hey, what, was he saying that it was a bad thing? Or was he just a four-year-old kid saying, she put me in the dryer with towels and I spun around. During the interview, the boy told investigators that Chapman put him in the dryer, closed the door. He went round and round. And then she opened the door. Well, yeah, just to see, hey, you okay? And then he closed it and spun the boy again. It doesn't say that she asked if he was okay. <laughs> so uh, there, I guess he had, uh, you know, several bruises Ah, uh, to his face, back in ears. Yeah, you're getting dinged around in a dryer. Uh, that sounds like fun to me. But you know what? I'm not the kid in Florida. So she, uh, they say it's they've got probable cause for uh, child abuse. Uh, okay, uh, I just want to know. I want to follow the story and see what actually happens because I want to know if the kid and she should absolutely know better. I got it. And there's no, no, we're not putting you in the dryer and spinning you around. But if you're a little four-year-old monster, and I don't know that this kid is a four-year-old monster, (laughs) and you're Amber Chapman of Eustis, Florida, and you just want to, you know, you just want to have a quick cigarette and the kid's bugging you, yeah, I'll throw you in the dryer. I'll put some towels in, put you in there and spin you around for a little bit. It sounds like fun to me. So, I don't know. Let's see. Don't don't even look at me like that. Stop it. <laughs> Side note on Elon and Twitter. Uh, we know now that Prince Al Walid uh, has said that uh, he's uh, he says no uh, to the offer of Elon buying Twitter. I don't know that he has enough power to do anything. He owns uh, he he believes that Elon Musk offer of fifty four twenty does not even come close to the intrinsic value given its growth prospects. So hold out for more money. I don't know that he has enough power to. We also know, since uh, we talked about it earlier, that you know we talked about the board meeting, and they called an all hands on deck meeting today too. So I don't know that Prince Al Walid has enough power to uh, to overturn the purchase of Twitter to Elon, but we shall see. Hey, remember when uh, ten major airline execs and the union that represents flight attendants at Southwest Airlines sent letters to our president telling him to tear off those masks. And remember the Association of Flight Attendants, uh, the CWA, which represents 50,000 employees, said that uh, flight attendants uh, enforcing the mask mandates uh, makes their job harder and more dangerous? Yeah, yeah, remember the... Five thousand nine hundred and eighty one unruly passenger reports last year we talked about many of them, and we realized that many of them were over masks yeah seventy two percent were losing their heads over masks. remember that? yeah, well, so what uh, the CDC is extending the federal transportation mask mandate through may third two weeks they're only they only added a couple more weeks, so we'll see uh they're I feel like they're they're feeling the heat. So I mean they want it lifted on planes trains and automobiles and buses uh, they want it to remain there forever because that's where they can get a grip on it. and even now the pressure is all you know almost overwhelming so instead of pulling the plug and saying yeah you make your own decisions don't forget this is America and you can make your own choices if you feel safer wearing a mask wear it if you don't don't But it's okay either way. Nope. Can't do that. We're going to mandate it. And you know what we'll do is we'll just add a couple of weeks. And then it'll be fine. And we'll see. Maybe we'll just add a couple of weeks after that too. But they cited, you know, they're covering their butts. They cited the number of cases uh, due to the fast spreading BA.2 Omicron subvariant for keeping the mandate around a little bit longer. Okay. Well, I mean, the numbers are still pretty low even though this, the BA.2 Omicron subvariant is, I guess, according to them, making 85% of the new cases in the U.S. Okay, so 85% of the new cases in the U.S. are the Omicron subvariant, but I mean the new cases are kind of down a little bit, although not in D.C. I mean, they're partying in D.C. and catching COVID all over the place. So, freight traffic slowed uh, to a little bit of a trickle uh, along, t- along the old uh, logistics route uh, there in Texas. Uh, it's not the Canadian protest uh, of the vaccine mandates. Uh, nope, it's not about the lockdowns in China. Nope, it's not about the uh, ships stuck in the canal. Nope, it's not about the port log jams and, uh, on the coast. Nope. Truckers have been blockading crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border in protest of a ramped-up inspection program that Texas's Republican Governor Greg Abbott introduced this week. So extra inspections are part of the Abbott's Operation Lone Star, a multi-billion dollar initiative intended to beef up border security and prevent cartels from smuggling contraband and people from Mexico into the U.S. Uh, Yeah, and they were going to dramatically slow traffic. And what's also going to dramatically slow traffic is the blockading of the crossings. So, you're kind of defeating your purpose, but whatever, that's fine. Wait times for uh, commercial vehicles at one entry point, it doesn't say which one, jumped from 63 minutes to 320 minutes. That doesn't sound like fun if you're a trucker on a delivery route. At another, what typically would have been a 26 minute wait soared to a peak of 300 minutes. They're keeping it under 400 minutes. I mean, what do you want from them? <laughs> When you go from an hour to four or five hours... Oh, shut up. What else have you got to do? <laughs> now, according to the truckers and the businesses... The traffic jam jeopardizes the flow of critical goods... Such as auto parts, tech components, and perishables across the border. Mexico provides about two-thirds of the produce sold by Texas... But the refrigeration units uh, travels only have, have, have enough fuel to last six to seven days after which the contents will go bad. Well, they're not waiting in line for six to seven days, maybe with the blockade they are. 80% of the perishable fruit and veggies haven't crossed the border since Friday. Ooh, that's not good. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, you know, I know their business groups are blasting the Mexican government and U.S. lawmakers. I wonder if it's the business groups or if it's the cartels that are blasting the... Governments. I just a thought. That's all. I just wondering. I'm just wondering because uh, the drugs are uh, coming across the border in droves, and so they're going to have to find new ways. And guess what? I'm sure they will. <laughs> We shall see. I mean, we're we're getting ready for not only this problem at the border, but we're getting ready for more immigration or illegal immigration into the uh, into the country. I mean, the CDC uh, is looking to invoke Title Forty Two, which is uh, you know the old World War Two era law during the start of the pandemic, which they used. Uh, They say that officials have raised concerns about the potential surge. Yeah, it's going to be a surge in migrants when the policy officially is lifted on May 23rd. They're they're saying that uh, 1.7 million migrant expulsions have occurred under the Title 42 since March of 2020. 53% of them, or 915,000, have been from Texas. Oof. So we need to... To make that happen and I actually, actually have some good news despite all this bad news stuff okay good news despite the rising costs of high fructose corn syrup and aluminum a 23 ounce can of Arizona iced tea remains 99 cents <laughs> yeah think about that would you The same price as when it first hit shelves 30 years ago. Founder and chairman, Don Voltaggio told V-U-L-T-A-G-G-I-O. Don Amorphophallus. Yeah, he told the LA Times that he's committed to 99 cents. Consumers don't need another price increase from a guy like me. I mean, okay, Don, uh, you know, good, good for you. I'd like to know where you're cutting some costs. Maybe the, you know, the type of aluminum you're using for your 23 ounce can. Uh, maybe the high fructose corn syrup is made from something other. Maybe it's low fructose instead of high. I don't know, but good. I mean, that's good news. So on behalf of founder and chairman, Don Voltage Vultis- Amorphophallus. Yeah. Uh, You're welcome. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.